Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yehudim, Shalom Le'Bnei Noach, Shalom Le'Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Kaf Beis B'Chodesh Adar Aleph, Parashas V'Yakel, V'Shabbos Shkolim, Tav Shin Pei Beis, 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 22 February 2022. You're listening to Phantom Nation, podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from the target of Christians for 2,000 years and counting. In this edition, we will focus on so-called Messianic Jews. A truly dishonest self-description because it implies that other Jews who do not share their beliefs are not Messianic, when the truth is every believing Jew is Messianic. The concept, the belief of the Messiah is profoundly a Jewish idea. What these deceitful people do is refuse to speak the truth, that they are like the Christians of old, all of whom were Jews, the first ones, the first century of Christianity what the scholars call Christian Jews were the only kind of Christians who went on to side with the Romans in that terrible generation against the Jews. And ever after, uh, they were no longer here because of that. Only then did Christianity begin to spread out of Eretz Yisrael among the Gentiles because Jewishness is not only a religion, but a nationality. At that period, terribly oppressed by the Romans. So in the Christian Jews sided with the Romans in the second war against Rome that ended in the year 135. They were finished here as a Jewish sect because they had betrayed a nation to the pagan, cruel enemy Roman imperialists. No nation overrun by the Roman Empire rebelled against them like the Jews. Hence the Ark of Triumph in Rome, right by the Colosseum, celebrating the victory of Rome over the Jews, which is evidence of how important it was to Rome to suppress this most rebellious nation. Not only were the Christian Jews theologically rejected by the Jewish people, which we recall every weekday in our prayers, three times daily, they were experienced as traitors. And I submit that is who these Messianic Jews in our time are. Not only are they theologically unacceptable, they are apostates trying to hide that truth via their wrong-headed name, they're enemies of the Jewish people and want us to disappear. Christian missionaries, <laughs> they want every Jew in the world to stop being a Jew by becoming a Christian, which means behaving like a Christian who does not circumcise his male babies, who does not refrain from eating pigs, whose women do not immerse themselves every month, who do not fast six times in the year, who do not strap on tefillin, and so on and so forth. And we'll get started after the following message from Israel News Talk Radio. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date.
שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוח, שלום לגויים. It's the evening of the fourth day, כ' בייס בחודש אדר א', פרשת ויקל, בשבש שקלים. תשפ"ב, 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 22 February 2022. You're listening to Phantom Nation, podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from the target of Christians for 2,000 years and counting. Israel, Little Israel has two TV systems. One is a cable system called HOT. Uh, the other is a satellite system called YES. Notice the use of English. Take a stroll around um, Tel Aviv's Kikar Hamedina in the north with the poshest stores, all of them names in English. Hebrew is too provincial, you see, too isolationist for Israel's post-religious elite. Israelis like them don't want to be a people that dwells alone. Uh, their champion, Yitzhak ben Nehemiah, Yitzhak Rabin, was raised by ardent communists. His mother's nickname was Red Rosa. She was the rebellious daughter of a rabbi. Uh, his father worked for the electric company. When the workers paraded on May 1st, he led the company contingent, waving a huge red flag. And in his inaugural address as prime minister for the second time on 13 July 1992, Rabin quoted the language out of the mouth of the Goy prophet, Bilam in the Book of Numbers, and said, no more. His message was that he was going to break Israel out of its isolation. He did not say how, but we learned how a year later, when he surprised Israel and the world by shaking hands with Yasser Arafat and Mahmoud Abbas, both of them unrepentant Jew-hating killers, as murderously hateful of Jews as any Nazi, with a bloody history to prove that. Uh, four years earlier, in 1988, the United States recognized the PLO as a respectable leader of a respectable political community. And by 1992, every country in the world that chose to had recognized Arafat, that uh, disgusting Jew killer who in his teens during World War II cheered Hitler on, as did his people's leader, uh, the Grand Mufti, uh, Hajimin al-Husseini, who during the war lived in Berlin, doing propaganda in Arabic on shortwave radio to the Middle East, broadcasting for Nazi Germany, and recruiting 100,000 Balkan Muslims who participated in the roundup in Hungary of 400,000 Jews, and they're shipping them off to the gas chambers and ovens in Poland. It's the same Arafat who in his early days as Fatah Hedman had his gang members walk around with pictures of Adolf Hitler in their pockets. This is all in my book, and the source was the respectable Herald Tribune. So by 1992, Israel was alone in the world as the last nation holding out and refusing to shake the hand of uh, the George Washington, the Garibaldi of the Palestinian people, Yasser Arafat, this filthy Muslim sexual degenerate and psychopath. Rabin wanted, like Bibi Netanyahu's book title, a place among the nations, and the way to that was making peace with the putatively primeval indigenous Palestinians. And never mind that Arafat was born and raised in Cairo up to the age of 10, and always spoke Egyptian Arabic, his claim to being a Palestinian was another anti-Semitic lie. Also in my book, one can discover the leading propagandist in the English language of the Phantom Palestinians, uh, the late Edward Said, who I knew personally uh, before the Six-Day War when he called himself not a Palestinian refugee, but a Lebanese who grew up in Cairo. Another fake Estinian. For Rabin and his life of uh, post-religious Israelis, making peace with the Palestinians was the road to peace, which required respecting the Palestinian narrative, 
that portrays this allegedly archaic nation as the indigenous nation in this country that the Jews stole from them. Yours truly was never so ashamed to be a Jew as when I watched that handshake on the White House lawn between those two old Marxists, Paris and Rabin, and Arafat and Abbas, the same Arab, Abbas was part of the uh, massacre at the Munich Olympics in 1972, 11 Israeli athletes, and the first victim being the weightlifter, uh, symbolically chosen, I believe, uh, to castrate him in front of his teammates. Uh, Arabs are rarely simple killers, but take pleasure in inflicting horror on their victims. Maybe you once saw on a video, as I did a few years back, I think it was the ISIS cultists, executing half a dozen enemies whom they made crawl on all fours like dogs, with chains around their necks like dogs, leading them to the place of execution where they would have their heads chopped off. You see, it's not enough just to kill an enemy. One must sadistically humiliate and horrify him. Anyway, I digress. Here in Israel, uh, the hot cable system serves the coastal plain, and yes, the satellite company, the high ground, where there is no cable, and that's the one I have. And, and late at night, uh, there are two Christian channels on the service, and one of them presents Jewish apostates, speaking in English, fishing for other Jews to join them in their betrayal of the Jewish people, which includes denying to themselves that this is what they're doing. These are Jews for Jesus types, a.k.a. self-styled Messianic Jews, which organizations should be taken to court for either copyright infringement or uh, intellectual property theft. Indeed, the very name of their cult alludes to their crime. The implication that they are not like other Jews, they are Messianic Jews. They insist on that adjective before the word Jews, which is a tip-off of their imposture. Real Jews need no adjective. Until the advent of Reform Judaism, there was no such thing as Orthodox Judaism. There was just the religion of the Jewish people, which was identical all over the world, differing local customs, but not the essential beliefs and behaviors, like keeping the Sabbath, like practicing the spiritual discipline of appetite control, a.k.a. the kosher system. The schismatics in our time, identify themselves with their adjective, uh, Reform Jews, Conservative Jews, Reconstructionist Jews, and now Messianic Jews, who distinguish themselves by their focus on the Messiah with the implication that the other groups, other groups don't, which is clearly deceptive advertising because, fasten your seatbelts, every Jew is a Messianic Jew. Belief in the Messiah is one of the 13 principles of faith, according to Maimonides, who was a greater philosopher than Aristotle. What a mind. What these dishonest types do is lie to potential victims of their deceit. That one can be a Jew and believe in the carpenter from Nazareth as not only the savior of the Jews, uh, but also God himself, who, according to Christians, uh, the God of the Old Testament wants all people to go to hell for their sins unless they believe in Jesus, his only begotten son, who he let die, indeed let to be tortured to death. Sorry, but this is not the God of Abraham, who chose Abraham, or arguably the greatest philosopher ever in history. He was chosen for his kindness, as Noah was the most righteous human being in the world in his generation, so Avraham was the kindest in his. And to act out this belief 
the Almighty had Abraham act out a father sacrificing his son to a god in order to test, test Abraham's faith, and that of his son no less, by the way, and to use the occasion as well to communicate to man in general that not only was the God of Abraham one God, not like all the mistaken pantheons in the world at that time, with their many gods and powers and capricious, indifferent to mankind beasts, to those gods uh, the world sacrificed children and other human beings versus the one God of Abraham, who likewise was a kind God, not interested in human sacrifice. This is no way to please the God of Abraham versus the God of Christianity who wants to send everyone to hell and stands impassively by as his only son is sacrificed. In a way, uh, the Christian narrative reverses the binding of Isaac, glorifying sacrifice of a human being to a cruel God who wants that.
Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show. Pull up a chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together, we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Yeah, it's uh, interesting how non-Jews, Christians and Muslims, misunderstand the Yiddishkeit, the Jewishness they claim to be a legitimate extension of. For example, what we in Hebrew call Akedat Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, uh, painted countless times by Christian artists. Uh, Non-Jews call it the sacrifice of Isaac, which could not be more inaccurate because there was no sacrifice, a central point of the episode in the life of both these men. And both were men, Christian painters, have always painted Yitzchak as a boy, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, when the text itself, when you do the math, is clear that Avraham was 137 years old that day, and Yitzchak was 37 years old, an adult, who via his willing cooperation with what his father was doing to him by tying him up and withdrawing a knife, Yitzchak exhibited his faith in the God of his father and his father. Yitzchak, too, is a hero of this story. The story is also the nuclear core of Islam. Only the son bound in that story was not Yitzchak, but Ishmael, the armed robber, the highwayman. Christianity took the binding of Isaac and reworked it and basically violated the Torah by portraying God the Father as cruel, merciless, the Old Testament deity, you know, was too strict versus the Arabs, who for the first 2,000 years of Jewish history, uh, living according to the Torah, uh, which contains the story of the binding of Isaac, for two millennia, the Arabs remained illiterate, nomadic outlaws, pagan idolaters, animists, until finally one of them, Muhammad, witnessed to the superiority of a Jewish society to that of his Arabs, reasoned it was their religion that accounted for this, and so he invented Islam on the basis of the story of the binding of Isaac, only he changed the cast of characters. It was Ismail who was bound up, Muslims say. Indeed, the very word Islam alludes to this episode. It means submission and alludes to Ibrahim submitting to the commandment from Allah to bind his son for sacrifice. So, according to Islam, the Jews lie when they say it was Ishaq. And they lie when it say it took place in Al-Quds, in Jerusalem. No, a Muslim is required by his religion to visit Mecca at least once in his lifetime uh, to walk around the spot where Ibrahim bound his son Ismail for a sacrifice. You get the picture? The Christians, uh, to their credit, appended to the Jewish Bible a narrative of their own invention versus the Muslims who simply stole Judaism. Islam has not one original religious concept in it. It's just Judaism that has been purloined and perverted by the seed of Ishmael, that armed robber. Uh, but I digress, or maybe not. The Arabs are Arabs and the Muslims are Muslims who may never evolve until the real Messiah of the Jews shows up. My concern at this point is for the Jewish apostates who call themselves Messianic Jews a concept that exposes unwittingly their deceit. Again, every Jew is messianic. What they're selling 
is not the future Jewish Messiah, but the belief he appeared 2,000 years ago, and you have to pray to him, uh, or the God of Abraham will send you to hell for all eternity. I've been approached on numerous occasions by these Jews for Jesus types, and in my interactions with them, they commonly become most unpleasant. And uh, now I believe that this community is just like that because it's really a new variant on the phenomenon of Jew-hating Jews, which is very old. Indeed, around the year 100, rather, some two generations after the death of Jesus, according to Christian calculations, the sages chose to insert a 19th paragraph in the prayer that we call the 18 blessings, already at that point centuries old, which would not be a blessing, but a negative, a curse, a rebuke to the many sectarians of the day. And uh, some reason the principal target of this uh, 19th paragraph was what scholars call the Christian Jews, meaning the first Christians, all of whom were Jews. The sages at that point already had them pegged as a menace to the Jewish people, preaching basically the cancellation of Jewishness. Believe in Jesus and you can throw God's hundreds of commandments out the window. The coming of Jesus has produced billions of devotees who claim to be the continuation and even the culmination of Jewishness, in which believers uh, now uh, do not circumcise their baby boys. They eat pig meat. They eat shellfish. They don't observe the Sabbath. This is the Savior of the Jews? It seems to be, uh, seems to me that he's more the destructor of the Jews, which is what all Christian missionaries of the Jews are up to. Yeah, they target Jews with a smile and promise salvation by taking Jesus into their lives when what drives them unconsciously, I believe, is the age-old Christian desire to exterminate the Jews. In this, they are soulmates of Nazis who admittedly had a very different methodology the Nazis went to war to find and murder every Jew in the world and create a world without Jews, which also coincidentally is the goal of the Christian missionary. He too wants all the Jews in the world to convert to Christianity and to create a world without Jews. The Nazis worked wholesale, the missionary works retail, but the end game is the same. The Christian missionary wants his target to stop being a Jew and sells him the lie he can be both Jewish and Christian at the same time. Truth, I have greatest respect for the millions of pro-Israel Christians, in particular America's Christian supporters, and their religious beliefs that make them good and righteous people. If that's what their Christianity does to them, God bless them. God bless their Christianity. American Christians are the greatest Christian community in history for having a religious life, as far as I know, not obsessed with Jew hatred which was Christianity for centuries. It's a well-known fact that many Christians uh, who have fallen into despair and alcoholism, tragic lives, uh, they discover Christianity, they discover Jesus, and that saves them. And I say, God bless that kind, that facet of the Christian religion. But not those driven to missionize the Jews. Uh, which they call bringing a Jew to Jesus, and I experience as the reducing the number of Jews in the world. We lost a third of our people in the Holocaust, and those who convert only add to that figure. The missionary sees himself or herself as doing a kindness to the Jew. When I see people trying to stop Jews from being Jews, they sell the lie that one can remain a good Jew and believe in Jesus at the same time. This is absurd. 
It's a rape of human reason and logic, for as the Christian narrative perverts human sacrifice into something presided over by the God of the Jewish people, so it it has no understanding of the Jewish concept of the Messiah, whose mission they believe was to be tortured to death in order to save individual believers from eternal hellfire and damnation, versus the authentic conception of the Messiah who will save the Jewish people from judging by the Psalms, not eternal hellfire, but homicidal goyim, who have murdered us in every generation, but also the Messiah, the authentic Jewish Messiah, will benefit all mankind, not just the Jewish people. And that hasn't happened. What happened 2,000 years ago hasn't changed the world in the least. I had a wonderful teacher of New Testament in college, an ordained Episcopal minister with a PhD from Harvard's Divinity School, who taught us that the Jews rejected Jesus as the Messiah for precisely the right reason, because he did not fit the bill. He did not match the Jewish concept of Messiah, which was true then, and remained so. Watching these apostates on Yes TV, in addition to personal encounters with with them, uh, who have tried to convert me, I'm persuaded that theirs is just a new variant, a new mutation of the spiritual virus that produces these apostates. It's a new way of being an anti-Jew Jew. Uh, We have had them in every generation. We have them in our daily prayers for almost now 2,000 years. What I'm driving at is the subconscious Jew hatred of these apostates, who must know at some level of recognition or cognition, however buried, that their behavior, behavior is hateful to Jews for their betrayal. These are Jew-hating Jews that they cannot admit to consciously. Theirs is a syndrome related to Yitzhak Rabin's desire not to be any more a people that dwells alone and be singled out for unusual abuse in every generation, justified by belief in the most outlandish fantasies of imaginary Jewish evil. Maybe you've seen the uh, news story of some years now Uh, that repeats, uh, there's a synagogue in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where every Shabbos, Jew haters come with signs to harass and irritate the congregants coming to pray, accusing Israel of racism and apartheid. And my favorite sign, one stands there with a sign reading, Israel is responsible for 9-11. And I think the leader of this chorus, uh, I believe, is a Jew-hating Jew, This is Jew hatred in every generation, fantasies of Jewish evil with no truth to them, like the Jews are behind 9-11. This is a mental disorder. And since Jew hatred is an equal opportunity hatred, you don't have to be a Gentile to hate Jews.
Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. So, uh, in my opinion, uh, these dishonest Messianic Jews who call themselves that, in order to camouflage the truth, they have become apostates. Uh, but since Jewishness is a unique blend of religion and nationalism, they are also, in common parlance, uh, among all nations, traitors. Before I compared Nazis and Christian missionaries because they have the same goal, if very different tactics for achieving the goal, and so in light of the nationalist aspect of Jewishness, Jewish apostates join a community of Jew killers, unsurpassed in Jew history. I mean, we suffered from the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, but none of our enemies have surpassed Christendom as a killer of Jews. Last century, six million were murdered uh, by what? Hundreds of thousands of Europeans for sure, most of them for sure baptized Christians. Recent research in Poland argues that of the three million Jews in Poland exterminated during the war, most were killed by the Nazis, though 200,000 of them were murdered by their Polish Christian neighbors who, when not fighting the Nazis, also took part in the killing of Jews. And for sure, the hundreds of thousands or so uh, of Jews in Russia in the early 1920s, long before World War II, uh, they were murdered by not by German Nazis, but Christians, as well as those in the first decade of the 20th century in pogroms and even earlier pogroms in the 1880s in Russia calling the, following the assassination of the Tsar which crime was, of course, attributed to the Jews. Again, not true. Jews were massacred by Christians in the Crusader centuries. They were burnt at the stake in Spain during the centuries of Inquisition. Even earlier in Spain, uh, Spain of the Visigoths, when they abandoned their Arian, A-R-I-A-N, sect of Christians and converted to Roman Catholicism, they murdered Jews for a century and more. Open the Encyclopedia Judaica and scan the entries on different European countries and discovered each one's record of abusing Jews. So in addition to the six million of the 1930s and 40s, during the previous 19 centuries, who knows how many more millions were murdered by Christians. Indeed, it's possible that more Jews were murdered thanks to the New Testament than murdered thanks to Mein Kampf. And in that light... A Jew who converts to Christianity tramples on the memory of these victims, which is why Messianic Jews uh, do what they do in order to aggress against the people they were born into and seem oblivious to their hostility. Make no mistake, these Jews for Jesus are Jew-haters incapable of admitting that. They have yet to know that at some level of consciousness, however repressed, announcing themselves to Jews as converts to Christianity causes discomfort. Uh, and Jews have a right to call them not only apostates, but traitors. In practice, they prey upon ignorant Jews, uh, socially isolated people, lonely Jews who may have had a brush with Reformed Judaism, and of course, left them, which left them cold. Missionaries know this, 
and though that trying to prove the truth of Christianity to a knowledgeable Jew is mostly futile because the principles of Jewishness are so clearly violated by Christian belief. The Catholic Church calls itself in Latin Veris Yisrael, the real, the true Israel. They claim they're the real Jews, and the Jews who do not worship Jesus are fake Jews. And only an ignorant Jew would fall for such nonsense. Maimonides labeled Christianity a continuation of pagan idolatry, when the principal endeavor of Jewishness in the Torah is the war with idolatry. And that was the cardinal sin in generation after generation. For 15 centuries, every church contained a crucifix, meaning an idol of Jesus being tortured to death, while the Protestant, not until the Protestant Reformation, did someone realize this could not be a continuation of Judaism with all these idols. So in the new Protestantism, the crucifix was uh, stripped of the human figure and reduced to just the cross. And by praying to an image in one's mind of Jesus, this too is a violation of the second commandment of the ten, etched in stone by the finger of God. And it's no coincidence that a society with no image of the deity, the Jewish society, became an intellectual society. Doctors and chess champions and nuclear physicists, pioneering medical physicians. And what catalyzed today's broadcast was an item I came across on the net the other day concerning a new book published by an outfit in Jerusalem called the Kaspari Center. Uh, these are Jews for Jesus people claiming some 300 congregations with 15,000 plus adherents. It turns out that this Kaspari Center is another dishonest aggression and really a crime of intellectual property theft because its official title on its website is, quote, Kaspari Center for Biblical and Jewish Studies, close quote. And this outfit uh, should be taken to court for fraud. Jewish studies does not include Christian studies. This is more of the lie spread by these enemies that one can remain a Jew when believing in Jesus as your personal Messiah who unjewishly connects to the pagan concepts of eternal hellfire and being stabbed with pitchforks for all eternity by devils in a lake of fire. For all these pre-Christian pagan images uh, can be seen, many of them, on Halloween, All Saints Day. Witches on flying broomsticks, walking skeletons, decomposing bodies rising from the grave, and Michael Jackson's thriller video. Affiliated with this dishonest center of alleged Jewish studies is Dr. Michael Brown, who also appears on STV late at night, trying to get Jews to stop being Jews. These enemies, and these anti-Jew Jews, believe they're being good uh, to, to the Jewish people. Brown is always smiling, when in reality, they want to see Jews disappear. Their mission also allows them to uh, ventilate their hatred of the Jewish people that they were born into. And it would take some time, I believe, on a psychoanalyst's couch to unearth some trauma in their past or just chronic abuse by parents for whatever reason. Make no mistake, these are apostates who have joined a community with a record of monstrous, truly satanic Jew killing unsurpassed in the history of the human race. And I, for one, find that strange. Among these Jewish apostates, there's no connection whatsoever to Jewish history under Christendom. Their hostility is chronically in play when they approach a prospective target via their deceit. They characteristically come on first as a fellow Jew with smiles and expressions of concern when the ulterior motive of their surface friendliness is pure negativity to get you to betray your ancient people and join 
our worst enemies. It is this classic hatred that's behind the top story in Israel this week. The alleged new Iran deal, which is a death sentence for Israel, validated by such as Robert Malley, the halakhically Jewish offspring of Jewish apostates, to atheist communism, plus joined by post-Christian Europeans, and of course, Joe Biden and his henchmen and henchwomen, Biden, who grew up in pre-Vatican II Catholicism, when all Jews were guilty of killing God, they read the Christian Bible. These people were oblivious to mistakes in translation that are both accidental sometimes and malicious at other times. Corruptions of the Hebrew text in order to implant a hint or two that the subtext is about Jesus. The Christian Bible's name for its first part, the Old Testament, is already an anti-Semitic aggression. Commonly when books are translated, the title in the original uh, should be translated as accurately as possible when Jews don't call our Bible the Old Testament. That's wrong. It's also an insult. And there's nothing, there's nothing old about it. It's always new. A Christian's Old Testament is a translation, but also very much an interpretation. We Jews don't call the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, four of them Greek words. The New Testament is written in Greek. When Greek culture was and remains a mortal enemy of the Jewish people. A Christian's Old Testament contains books never canonized in Judaism. The order of our books is all screwed up. These Messianic Jews are ignorant and dishonest and traitorous. Okay, that's it for this uh, edition of Phantom Nation, generously sponsored by Floridians for the Safety and Security of Israel Institute that has generously agreed to extend this podcast to uh, next week and beyond. The music you heard was by... Uh, Simply Tzfat, a group in Tzfat, and uh, Carmi Noor and Chilik Frank. Uh, they're wonderful. And um, we conclude with Joseph Carduner, as we always do. And for those who want the full story of how the Muslims and anti-Jew Jews invented the Palestinians, buy my book, Phantom Nation, in card cover or Amazon Kindle. It's long, but many say once you start reading, it's hard to put down because it is the best, most truthful and insightful book ever on the war against Israel. Uh, three other podcasts like this one are also available each week via subscription at www.phantom-nation.com. Uh, with that, I will say Laila Tov from the OJT, the Occupied Jewish Territories, occupied by the most anti-Semitic and ha -ha homicidal people, Muslims, in the world today. <laughs>
Love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page and don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 